Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 24 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boca. I'm your host. With me once again in the studio, my exemplary co-host, Matt wow. Collins. Matt, how are you today, that, sir? That is a good word. Yeah, because you are an example for others. That's that's what I think of when I think of I you, an example for others. I'm example running out of what not to be. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I'm running out of adjectives, but uh, we're going we're gonna to keep we're, doing this at we'll, some point. I'll, I'll start sending them, like, yeah, say this one. <laughs> absolutely, that's a good idea. And then joining us once again in the studio, our lead pastor, the amazing Adam Bishop. Adam, amazing. how are you today, sir? Have we really done this 24 times? Uh, 24, yeah, 24 <laughs> times. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Are there really 24 time zones on the planet? I believe that's correct. Yeah. I only asked this question because I got stumped yesterday with Jacob asking me questions about okay. how how is it the same time somewhere else on the earth? Like, is it tomorrow? But, right. And is it like time travel? And so I get, yes. I, I told him, <laughs> well, there's 24 hours in a day, so there's 24 time zones. Right. And so that's how you can, and, and I, w- I was kind of trying to remember, and there's something about Meridian, and yeah, I was yeah. just, so when you said 24, that popped in my head. So yeah, okay. the other not, thing not that the, pops in my head show. is the show, <laughs> which I mean, if you've never watched all of the seasons of 24, right. you're missing you, out. Yeah. Okay. What if, have you not? I've seen The a, way you I've said seen okay. A, I've made, seen a bunch like, of them. You I've have, seen a bunch of them. Matt. I'm, what are we going to do I'm about gone, this? I'm gone. We're going to have to like do some type of... I mean, I talked about binge watching yesterday. Sure. We're going to binge watch from 24. So okay. towards the end, I don't remember what season it was. They did a season in New York. Okay. So I know this because we were living in New York at the time. We and, extra? Oh, uh, man. I don't I wish. <laughs> but if Heck you yeah. walk down to the East River, you could see Roosevelt Island. And um, I walked down there one day, and it looked like this big kind of tent dome construction kind yep. of thing. I wasn't really sure what it was. And start started asking around. And that was where they had set up like headquarters, filming. you know, oh, to well. kind of operate yeah. out of there. Um, which they film, you know, in New York, they film at like, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Right. They try to do this, you know, there's not a lot of people around and stuff. But um anyway, what a fantastic show. Yeah. Yeah. So well I mean at least like for half the show you can film in the dark because yeah. it's taking place, you know, so twenty four. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> which he's a musician now. Do you know yes, this? Yes. He's like a band. He's a, he did a uh, a paste studio uh thing. Oh really? Um it was incredible. Huh, I yeah. watched the whole thing. See, all of this because you just told us it's the 24th <laughs> right. episode. That's right. Well, and, and 24 also, time zones, great yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell great. my story real quick. In 1999, I was on a student retreat. It was actually 1998, and it was over uh, the New Year's. And we were in Georgia when it hit 1201. And so it became 1999, and every single radio station started playing that print song. And then we actually crossed back over the time zone, so we traveled back to 1998. So, wow. Yeah, that's, wow. That's, that's like my travel. one claim to fame. Pretty yeah, amazing. We, we time traveled. So <laughs> now that travel. we've... Uh, you can do it. Yeah, that's right. It can be done, at least for a little while. But anyway... Well, yeah, so this is the 24th episode uh, of our podcast, and we appreciate all of you who have- and There are, in fact, 24 times through all this. Yeah. That's right. Now, Adam, before we go any further, you told me that uh, you guys had some good basketball on Saturday, so I need, I need you to brag a little bit more about Jacob's team on this. Well, man. if I keep bragging, it's going to bring on some uh, you know, bad juju, but yeah, so far, <laughs> it's going well. Dude, my little four and five and six-year-olds, yeah. they can ball, Yeah. so they They're don't keep is. score, but I do. Right. We're, th- we're 4-0. And, and you're the coach. So, uh, <laughs> you are. Yeah. I'm keeping score. And, uh, and then one of my little kids he keeps score too on the the team and then um, i had this kid man he caught fire he was hitting jump shots from like way outside really little joker man just letting him fly and (laughs) we were going in it was awesome and then uh yeah jacob's team won um they're also undefeated so now we do have a tie because we play overtime so we're three oh and one but um he's the team he played 
uh, they were they were kind of rough. Yeah, it it was like playing the New York Knicks back in the late eighties or early nineties <laughs> right. or the Detroit Piston Bad Boys. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, the one kid was uh, you know a little aggressive, you know, but our boys, you know, right. they kept their cool and they won. So yeah, man, fun day playing basketball and good. Uh, we won both the games and the kids are learning more, so we're having a good time. Well, that's great. Right. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we're all finally back in the studio yes. together. Yeah, I know, this. right? Yeah, we yeah. may go for like over an hour today just because <laughs> right. we got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you guys just This is why in. we were yeah. talking about the show twenty four. Yeah. We right. all these we only spend time together once a week when we're in the room together, right? So this is where we catch up on everything, right? All life related. No, yeah, we're but, in our own world. Yeah, I mean, Sunday I don't get a yeah. chance to talk to Matt yeah. about 24 on That's Sunday. Right. Yeah. So true. we do it right now. True, yeah. true, true. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, it's good to be back in the studio with Heck you guys. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, this past Sunday was a huge Sunday. It uh, was. Lawn Forest, we launched this new series. It's not just a phase. Uh, parenting in a post-pandemic <clears> world. Uh, lots of good stuff happening. Uh, there's, like... You know, signs going up and coffee bars going up and all kinds of cool stuff. Things for our kids. Uh, my my kid, my youngest, came home with one of the little VF poppers, and uh, that that <laughs> what happened a for terrible the terrible invention. <laughs> right. I mean, my gosh, whoever came up with those things? But they're yeah. millionaires, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you yeah. don't know what they are, they're oh. just they're they're basically they it's impersonate like bubble, wrap. bubble wrap. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's a really good description. My kids have like seventy five of them, yeah. and they know that it drives me crazy. Right. And so uh, when I'm they somehow always end up back in our vehicle. And right. so, you know, I'll be driving yeah. around, all of a sudden I start hearing that thing going. And uh, a few weeks ago, Morgan's parents were in town, and we were driving to one of the basketball games on a Saturday. And I'm sure. driving, and sure enough, that little thing starts popping again. And I'm like, hey, who's doing that? Y'all know I can't stand it. And it was my father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, uh, my bad. And I was like, no, 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 you're good, man. You do whatever you want. Keep going, <laughs> you keep going. So Sam and Jacob and Henry thought that was fantastic. Right. That, um, they set him up, know, man. They gave it to him. I they were all in cahoots with each other, you know, right. like, hey, Papa, do this. Do and watch this. what Dad does. You know? right. But um, to cooperate with everybody, we just gave kids one more, yeah, right? Yeah, so right. now they have right. a VF popper which morgan assured me because i was like you know are other people going to be annoyed she's like it's just you you have issues <laughs> but she's right but um she's like no kids already have these now they just have one with the vaughn force logo on it right. so that's cool yeah. everybody yeah. got yeah. all the kids got mm-hmm. one of those um students all, got some shirts student, i think have you seen those shirts yeah, they're really they cool. look good i told yeah, justin yeah. i want one so um only after <laughs> we make sure all the students get <laughs> right, right, right. so um i asked sam when he got home like dude where's your shirt and he goes i forgot to get one and i'm oh. like don't worry i got a hookup yeah. so uh, <laughs> yeah, i know a guy i'll make sure i get your shirt <laughs> but yeah and um and then we're also going to send some gifts um in the mail this week to our first time guests yeah okay so that'll be nice and so yeah we kicked off the series and we're just trying to you know, um, have some fun, yeah. you know, while also giving some guidance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a really good place kind of for us to start. You know, we've talked about this series, you know, for, for some time now and yesterday was the kickoff of it. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, so much good content. I mean, you had a lot of ground to cover, uh, in your message yesterday, but so let's just kind of recap, let's recap, you know, why are we doing this series and where are we heading with this series? First of all, have one of you been using whiteout in his room? Cause like there's this <laughs> little white thing right here and like it won't move. Like I've sitting here and I'm scratching it with my fingernails. That's your side. No, I don't sit here except for <laughs> once a week. I think, I think uh, Chad's been in here with like the old school whiteout. You see those little bottles, you know, you yeah. like, anyway. We need that, to get Adam a fidget spinner. I'm going to put my water over that. There you go. Uh, oh, I hit my microphone. Sorry, Matt. He's going to mad at me. Um, what was your question? <laughs> so, so we started of this new series, yes. I just kind of want to talk about, like, you know, why are we doing it? When are we headed with it? That kind of a thing. Well, we did it because the last years have been challenging. Um, the last years have been challenging in a lot of areas, and maybe we're trying now um, to start really thinking about what we've put all of our kids through. Hmm. 
And by we, I just mean society as a whole and the effects that's going to have on them. And I think it's so easy for parents to forget you are still the number one influence in your kids' lives. Hmm. You know, and it's easy as the kids get older to think, well, you know, that role's my my role has been relegated to, you know, just good old fashioned mom or dad or no, no, you're you're the most important voice in your kids' lives. Now, they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to, you know, give you that self-assurance. You better get that from somewhere else. But if we're going to help our kids process everything they've gone through over the last two years and help them move forward without some negative long-term lasting effects, that's going to have to start at home. Right. That's going to have to start with parents really kind of taking that upon themselves. The challenge for those of us who are parents are we've also been affected by the last two years. Right. We're working through some different things, and our marriages have also been affected. So, you know, we're trying in this series to maybe look at all three of those perspectives. Like, how have we been affected? How have our marriages been affected? And then how has that affected the way that we are going to then approach guiding and parenting our kids? And we think that you can paint a picture of the challenges all day, but let's also look at some solutions. Some solutions. What does God's word have to say, and how can it guide us? Right. How can we lean on one another? You know, as we try to keep moving forward. And so that's really the goal of this mm. series. Sure. And uh, we're going to try to tackle that from a number of perspectives. So I think it's really interesting. You know, uh, and we've said this a couple of times, and maybe you can speak to this. You know, how can this book that's two thousand years old? How can it apply to a situation that we're in today that we're facing that we've never faced before? So every time I read David and Goliath, David wins. Right. It's just amazing right? every <laughs> right. single time. So God's word has been written, the canon of scripture, Chad, that's the fancy term, right? The canon of scripture has been closed. This is one of the things that maybe is unique to our faith. We don't believe there are other holy books. There are other right. things that contribute to the Bible. So the canon of scripture has been closed. The Bible inspired by the Holy Spirit. We talked about that in our Holy Spirit series. So if the Holy Spirit inspired these men to write God's word over hundreds of years in different cultures and in different time periods and different places and in different languages, that same Holy Spirit is now in you as you read God's word today. So when you read God's word today, you can't change the meaning. Mm. It can't mean something for us today that it never meant to the original audience. Like you don't get to say, well, that's what that passage means to me. And Matt goes, no, that's what it means to me. And I go, no, that's what it means to me. We have to interpret it accurately, okay? But as we interpret it accurately, the Holy Spirit can help us apply it differently. So you may say, man, you know, based on what we're talking about, this passage means, I can see how I could really apply this in my marriage. And Matt says, I could really see how I apply this with the worship team, you know, that I serve each week. And I say, I could really see how I apply this uh, with my three boys. Right. Well, that's Holy Spirit work. Uh-huh. So when you read God's word in any season, the Holy Spirit can help you see how to put it into practice regardless of what you're facing, which is why when you read David and Goliath as a 10-year-old or as a 30-year-old, there's going to be different applications, sure. right. but it's the yeah. same story. So yeah, God's word is always going to speak to us in every season if we will go to it and let it. And that's why we started, remember back when the shutdown happened? Mm-hmm. We did these daily devotions. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of people join our church since then. They might not even know we did this, but right. we took Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live and just walked through God's yeah. word. We went through, help me remember, Philippians. Philippians, I think we did uh, Ruth. Ruth, yep. Colossians. Yep. And we just read the verses, talked about what they meant, and talked about how we could apply that to the situation we were in right. at the time. And, you know, the basic premise there is this is what the church does. We gather people around God's word as Jesus has, you know, been the one who saved us. God's word instructs us. And we do that with one another. 
And that's why we started there back when the shutdown happened. We didn't really know what to do other than that. Right. Let's just keep gathering God's people around God's word. <laughs> and we've got this technology we can do it with. Yeah. And so in many ways, this isn't anything new. We're just now doing it in this particular season with this new set of challenges. And we're going to let God's word guide us as well, like it has in the past. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yesterday you talked about the COVID season being a great accelerator um, in our lives. What did you mean by that? So I've tried to study this a lot in the last two years, and you, you can find some different things. So there's certainly experts on this. I am not one. But um, let's think of a few other areas that maybe COVID has been a great accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all probably can see this better than me in some areas, but let's just throw out one. Like uh, people watching or streaming movies from their home yeah. instead yeah. of going to movie theaters. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of old school. Like, I like going to movie theaters. I think there's just something about that big old bucket of greasy popcorn that's good <laughs> right. for your soul, right? right. Not, so, for your not so good for other areas of your life. <laughs> yeah, good for your so soul, good. right? right, right. For the yeah, soul. there's something that's still, you know, the movie's releasing this Friday night. Like, let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go stand in line yeah. and get there and be a part of it. And look, I mean, I'm, I'm not as crazy a Star Wars fan as you, Chad, but the last few Star Wars movies that have come out, I've been opening night in all of them. Right. And it people, they cheer. Yeah. Like when those words yeah. come, it's a yeah. Cheered yeah, experience. that's right. Yeah. Like right. you're fired up about it. Yeah. So maybe we probably all could have said two years ago, yeah, with technology and Netflix and these streaming services, like maybe one day people won't want to go to movie theaters as much as they do now. Well, that's been accelerated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're now, I mean, I don't know if y'all have been to a movie theater lately. We we took the boys with their cousins to see a movie over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of other people in there just like us with their kids who were like, we got to get out of the house. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it's a lot more comfortable if I just kind of watch it from my home. Right. You right. know, so maybe COVID's a great accelerator and, and the theater industry as a whole is going to have to figure out, like, what do we do with that? Right. You know, uh, restaurants have had to shift. You know, takeout just used to be what you did when you were in a hurry yeah. and you didn't have to. Now people have said, well, you know what? Takeout kind of makes a lot more sense. Right. So some restaurants have had to adjust their entire strategy because I don't know if y'all have been caught in the situation at any point in the last two years where you walk in and you're trying to get a table, you're trying to place an order and everybody who works there, they're frantically working to take care of all the orders that have been called in yeah. mm-hmm. and the customers who are there are kind of feeling ignored. That's right. All right. We might say, well, COVID served as a great accelerator. Maybe that trend was already there. There, but it's accelerated. Sure. I think grocery stores are going to have to figure this out. You know, there have been a number of people who got their groceries delivered and they kind of got used to that. Now, we were doing that in New York 15 years ago. Mm. I mean, that's how we got yeah. all of our fresh produce delivered to our apartment. And so there have been other places in the country where this had been a little bit more normative. And COVID accelerated those practices now maybe into some suburban areas, into some rural areas. Uh, we could talk about working from home. Yeah. You know, it used to yeah. be yeah. like, how dare you ask if you could work from home? Yeah. I just heard while I was eating lunch today that one of the big uh, corporations, I don't remember the exact one, but they were just now making their employees in Manhattan return to work this March. Just now. Yeah, wow. they still haven't returned to work. <laughs> And um, that's going to start in March. Wow. So in other parts of the country, there are still people who their employers have not required them yet to return to work. And so can you work from home? Uh, sure. But maybe now that's been the great accelerator. So we could go on and on and yeah, on and yeah, on and on. Yeah. Maybe Lots of examples. Online church. You know, that would right. be, you know, online church is now accepted as normative. Without COVID, it may have been another decade or so before that would have been established as as normative. So there were some trends that were happening, and then this this COVID season accelerated them to where now they're not really questioned, mm-hmm. they're accepted, yeah. 
and you either shift and adjust with that, or you're going to eventually sound like the old dude yelling at kids to get off of your lawn, <laughs> right, you know, right, because right. it's kind of right. like, that's kind of the way it is now. Like, yeah. what are you going to do about it? You right. know? So I do think in a number of areas, COVID has accelerated some trends. Yeah. yeah. I saw, I saw something on the internet said, congratulations to the winner of 2020, the QR code. Because, you know, nobody likes QR codes. I haven't seen a QR code in years. And, yeah. and now they're everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere you go. Yeah. I mean, we we use them. We use them yep. to yeah. great effect. That's, That's right. right. 100% yeah. right. So I want to I wanna talk a little bit about this uh, this list. You gave a list of 10 things yesterday uh, in your message that you talked about uh, that it, these cultural changes that have made parenting harder. So, you know, at first I want to talk about, you know, where did the list come from? And then second, I want to read just a few of them. I don't want to go through every one of them because, you know, we do have a limited amount of time here. Uh, and just kind of, I would love for you to give us some commentary. So first, where did, uh, where did this list come from? Um, <laughs> my head. <laughs> so maybe that's a bad thing. Adam original. Huh? Yeah, so if you hate it, you can place the blame squarely on me, right. you e- know. Email matt.collin.com. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I... I'll just forward it. I, um... <laughs> I, I I try to pay attention to what's going on and read sure. and consume and pray and listen and mm-hmm. learn and identify and and then you know connect dots and and make sense of it all and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so these are just things I've been paying attention to for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, this didn't start with COVID. This is just paying attention. Sure. You know I remember, um, I remember in 2012 I was serving at a church. And um, most of the people in this church would not have considered themselves fans of Barack Obama. Okay. And they were just convinced that he, there was no way on earth he was going to win the reelection. And I, I started working at the church during the election season. And I just made the mistake of one day commenting like, well, it's, it's you know, he's probably going to win again. And that was not a good thing to say because <laughs> what they heard me saying was, I love Barack Obama. Sure, and, I, sure, sure. and I had to clarify a few things. Like, I think he's done some things well. I think he hasn't done some things well, just like I would say about most presidents. But I was just like, no, it kind of looks like he's probably going to be reelected. Right. Uh, when he <clears> was reelected, it was those individuals, it was the first time they came to grips with the fact that we truly lived in a post-Christian society mm. as a country. Now, I was born in 1979. I've never known living in a Christian society, but there are people who were alive in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all the things I read about the 60s. I don't know how you could think we were in a Christian society, but but it was this idea that there was a Judeo-Christian ethic that matched up with most of culture and, and the ethic that culture had. You know, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and I've never lived in a world where the majority of the people I knew went to church. Mm-hmm. That's never been my existence anywhere I anywhere I lived. I grew up in the South and I moved around all over the place. But for those folks back in 2012, it was the first time they had to face the fact that we don't live in the, what you want to the value system you have that drives you to the pole is not the value system that majority of Americans sure. have when yeah. they go to the pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was the first time they were coming to grips with that. So there have been some trends that have been moving our culture further and further away from anything that we would think about. Um, with truth and what God's word teaches. Let me give you one that'll blow people's minds. Okay. You can fact check me on this, all right? Man, I I should not be saying this kind of stuff. I'm going to get myself in trouble. (laughs) But just to make the point that this didn't start with COVID, Bill Clinton in 1996 signed the Protection of Marriage Act. So in 1996, Bill Clinton said, marriage is defined by man and woman, and our government will always defend that. Mm -hmm. He signed that into law. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do I need to say anything else? No. Okay, so when you talk about how we're moving as a society, like 
there you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama, when he ran in, in 2008, like he was anti-gay marriage. And then he shifted his view. So politicians, sometimes we we fire at the politicians and go, well, look at those guys. They're just changing those minds. Look at those ladies. They're just changing their minds. They're just trying to get elected. Right. They're yeah. reflecting the value system of the majority of our population as a whole so right. they can get elected. So when you see those types of changes from elected officials, you can be frustrated with them or you can go, wait a second. They wouldn't be changing that perspective unless they wanted more votes. That's right. where culture and society is moving. Mm. So what do you do about that when you're God's people? You know, what do you do about that when you have a worldview that doesn't match up with that? And, and this list was just an attempt, and it's not gospel, it's not law, it's not right or wrong, it's just observations, to at least say, here are some shifts, yeah. here are some things that have changed, here's how some things were, here's how I see them now, and we've got to be aware of that if we're raising kids in this you know, society today. Yeah, so what I hear you saying is this, I love what you just said there, that this is something we need to be aware of, this is the reality and this is something we have to keep in mind, you know, uh, parenting, grandparenting, you know, being in the society we are today. So I want to read just a few of these and get you to give uh, some commentary on them. So uh, number one was, uh, the way it used to be, putting the needs of others first is both kind and a way that others will respect you. And now doing what's best for me is the highest value and others should respect that. So I'm a big fan of college football. And um I keep up with uh, recruiting because that's how, okay. you know, much of an issue I have. So, but, you know, having played high school football and I love high school football. And I mean, do I need to mention we have the state champion high school uh, football team yep. here in the state of Alabama, the Pike Ray Patriots, right. right? So I pay attention to recruiting. I like to see where these guys end up going. You know, we had some players from our Pike Road team that signed. One went to Alabama, went to Ole Miss. And we got some, you know, good, you know, my high school we got some kids that got D1 scholarships this year. So a lot of what happens with these kids is they will commit to go somewhere and then they'll back out of their commitment. And I've noticed a trend over the last 12 months that every time one of them does this in social media, they'll post something and it'll say, you know, here's what I've decided to do. And they always finish it the last way. Respect my decision. Hmm. Don't question my decision. Don't ask me why I changed my mind. Don't ask me why I backed out of my commitment. Respect my decision. And um, on the surface, of course, respect. I mean, it's their decision. This is their future. This is their life. It's their decision to make with their parents, however they see fit. But that narrative is one that they learned from someone else. Right. Mm. Okay. Because if you're 17 years old and you're putting it out there, what you're going to do, and before anybody can ask you a question, you've shut off the conversation by saying, respect my decision. I think that that is indicative of a greater trend as a whole, mm. where we've lost the um, the art of engaging one another in conversations. It's yeah. like th- this is what I'm going to do. You need to respect that. Don't don't ask me to explain myself. You right. d- you don't. Who are you to ask me to explain myself? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed a lot is this uh, notion that you know it's good to just you know bet on yourself. Mm. Just bet on yourself. You know, don't don't let the naysayers tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Right. You know, so you see that in col- culture, you see that in music, you see that in sports. Um, <clears throat> Dak Prescott bet on himself. The Cowboys said, we'll pay you $30 million a year. Dak said, I'm worth $40 million a year. I'm not signing your contract. And then he went out and broke his ankle. And everybody went, oh, man, Dak shouldn't have been on himself. Like, he just lost minutes. Right. Well, guess what? He still got the contract. Yeah. So now 
everybody goes, wow, look at that. He bet on himself and it worked. He got the $40 million a year. And, and these are really isolated examples. But again, if you want to pay attention to what's shaping the peop- lives of people who don't walk with the Lord, mm-hmm. you got to pay attention to pop culture, music, sports. Right. Yeah. These are the idols <clears throat> of our culture and our society. Mm-hmm. And we just talked in our Be A Light series. So the other thing is like, well, how are you now going to love people and be a light to them without condemning them or judging them? Like these are the idols of our society. These are driving behaviors. But if we're aware of that, we can probably be more loving to people who are espousing these types of ideas. We're right. not trying to throw stones at them. But Sam Jacob and Henry bring that in our house, we're going to have a conversation. Yeah. 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 You know, Sam Jacob and Henry start the whole like, respect my decision. I'm going to be like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let me tell you what my dad told me. As long as you live under this roof, there ain't no such thing as your business. Right. <laughs> your right. business is my business. That's right. Because, yeah. you know, so like there's going to be some values that drive our home. But I can't like go crazy if my kids start saying some things that I'm like, they didn't pick that up here. Right. They didn't pick that up at church. Well, they probably picked it up somewhere. Yeah. How am I going to counter that? Yeah. You know, without them going back to school and being the little judgmental Christians who are like talking down everybody else, you know? Right. So, so it's an all encompassing. And, and I said this at the end of the message, this is a journey we're on. Right. You know, Morgan and I are trying to figure this out as we go. I'll, I'll probably go back and listen to this podcast and go, I mean, you said five things that made no sense. They might've even been wrong, you know? <laughs> so it's not like we're sitting here and we've figured everything out. Right. We're just trying to, through conversation, dialogue, encouragement, try to like navigate these waters together. Yeah. So what else you want to talk about from the list? Well, There's okay. 10 of them. We ain't got time no, for No, we ain't got time for 10. No, it's, <laughs> we absolutely don't. Uh, uh, let's do this one. So then, uh, used to be this one, because this one kind of scared me when you talked about it oh, yesterday, raising, raising kids. Uh, then, there is absolute truth, rules and laws that create a framework for society, but now I determine my own truth and others should respect that, no questions asked. And this kind of goes back to what you just talked yeah. about a little bit there. But this this idea, there's no more absolute truth. Yeah, yeah and that's been in vogue for a while. You know, this notion right. of absolute truth was mm-hmm. was kind of you know, how dare you act like you're the one that has you know sure. the answer. Oh, yeah. Um, but without any kind of truth, we have no we have no laws or or, or rules or you know anything. It right. all starts to break down. And so, you know, I've just always felt like I can't handle the pressure of trying to be the one who figures out the truth. Mm. I mean, life is, gives me enough pressure as it is. Can right. you imagine yeah. like now having to go and you have to be the source of truth? Right. <laughs> like I'm going to have to lean <laughs> on somebody else for that That's one, right. you know? So it sounds, you know, it sounds so accepting on the surface to say people get to dis- discern their own truth. The problem is we still continue to have conflict in fact, I would put forth the notion that since this got in the water in our society, we've had more conflict, not less. Mm. And that seems incongruent with the thought process that we should just all let each other define our own truth. Right. And if that were happening, then it seems like we'd be getting along better. And of course, it's just foolishness. Right. You know, um, and as it's been said, like, if there's no such thing as truth and there's no absolute truth, why should your truth mean anything to me at all? That's right. Yeah. You know, so it just, it, it, it breaks down on some level. And, um, but for our kids to feel like they can have the confidence to go, well, no, this is actually what I believe to be true and not have to apologize for that or worse, be labeled as narrow-minded for actually having that type of belief or conviction. Yeah. And it does feel like as a society, we've gotten to a place that open-mindedness only goes so far. Right. That open-mindedness is um, what is espoused until you begin to speak in terms of absolutes shaped by another, you know, 
being, cause, higher power. These are the words that we like to use. Right. Um, there's a great interview that Bono did years ago. Uh, I don't remember who it was with, but he starts talking about miracles and how he has no issue with miracles and how, you know, Jesus is someone who can, and the interviewer, his head's about to explode, you know, because he's just like, <laughs> right. I can't believe you're who saying you this, you know? About? But like someone could go on another show and talk about something that we would all be like, that's, that's obscene. That's inappropriate. That that's, you know, I, I don't think they should be saying that, and they'd be applauded for it. Right. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's just tricky. It's yeah. tricky the yeah. season that we live in now. Yeah. All right, so there's a lot on this list, and obviously if folks want to uh, hear the complete list, they can go and watch the message, bonforce.com, quick full plug there. Uh, but one more I wanted to hit and get you to comment on, because this is one that is actually getting a lot of uh, a lot of momentum right now. I see on the internet people, you know, the kind of the anti-work, work reform kind of thing. Uh, you said then it used to be that hard work and saving money over time lead to opportunities to purchase the things uh, you want. Now I deserve what I want, when I want it, whether I can afford it or not, and society should help pay for it. Ooh. Let's talk about that. <laughs> really? That's the one you chose? Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so let's talk about the positive part of that first. Sure. Um, I just had a long conversation with my boys uh, this weekend about some jobs that I'm going to create for them around our property this summer. Okay. And we're going to have a whole pay scale, and um, they're going to be a chart they have to keep up with, and there's going to be a standard of excellence that I get to determine. And if they don't do the work according to my standards, not only will they have to redo it, they also won't get paid. Okay. So I'm laying down all these rules and, um, I mean, it's going to be hot and terrible and yeah, yeah, they're yeah. going to just be working their tails off. And they're, they're kind of excited about it because it's like the first opportunity they have to like legitimately earn some money. Right. And so I told them, you know, they asked me 57 questions and I'm like, guys, I don't have it all figured out yet. Okay. <laughs> but I said, here's why we're doing this. Your mom and I want to instill in you a desire to work really hard. Right. Because you guys um, look at where we are. You know, Morgan's our kids minister. She does an awesome job. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the pastor here. It's give or take, you know, depending on what day, <laughs> you know. But that's all they know. They know that mom and dad work at a church, a great church with great people, and we have a blessed life. And, you know, it's wonderful. It's fantastic. And we, we really feel blessed. They didn't know Morgan and I 19 years ago right. when we both worked at a call center in a mobile home, and we sat on the phone all day making four hour, $4 a day during the summer because we were both full-time students the first two years of our marriage. Oh, so wow. during the summer, we worked all day in a call center for Liberty University talking to high school students, recruiting them to come there, <laughs> making $4 an hour. They didn't know us back then. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that Morgan would then leave that job and go to Chick-fil-A to work her job, and then I left that job to go to the church where I was also working. Like, they, they, they've not seen yeah. all of the work that we've put in. And I'm not trying to say, look at Morgan and I, we're hard workers. But you know what? Our parents raised us to work hard. Right. Yeah. There may have been some things that they didn't get right or we didn't get right, but that's one of the things that got right. So the way I see it is if my boys enter into adulthood with that value, they're going to be light years ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone else in our society is trying to work less. Right. So hard work will always pay off. And here's the key word, eventually. <laughs> Eventually. Right. So I'm just trying to build that value into them. And what concerns me is that we have a generation of people entering the workforce, and this will continue with each subsequent in, in, in generation, that have this entitlement that somehow money is supposed to come their way regardless of the value that they bring to the marketplace and whatever industry they happen to be working in. Sure. And um, that's just kind of dangerous territory, hmm. that if you don't 
excel in whatever career or whatever job, that then there's another mechanism that should be in place to then support you financially, and that becomes the expected norm. Right. You know that that you could run up $150,000 of student loan debt, but society should then pay for that. Well, you know, on what planet? Right. But this is now being what is is being used to try to, you know, gain support. And, 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 and then we have to be also aware that in light of all of these conversations, there are, you know, single moms, single dads, uh, maybe some grandparents who, for whatever set of circumstances, are now raising their grandkids as their kids, right. who legitimately need financial assistance yeah. for the betterment mm-hmm. of those kids. Right. Um, there's plenty of families that, if they don't have the the, the federally funded or state funded lunch programs at the schools, the kids mm-hmm. don't get to eat. So, unfortunately, what's happening in our society because of all of the other is the real legitimate needs are sometimes being forgotten or they're being used in these arguments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we run a nonprofit organization as a church, and there are multiple nonprofits that are churches and multiple nonprofits that are not churches that are working really hard in every community to meet real needs. Right. And, um, and sometimes that is even being affected in a negative way through this greater narrative that's kind of taken hold in our society. And so I just think that you can read and you can learn and you can comment and you can try to listen as much as you can. But for the purposes of our series, which is why I had the list, sure. I'm trying to get parents to pay attention so that you can drive the conversation at home right. with your own kids, help them learn the value of hard work while also helping them to develop a heart of compassion right, for very yeah. real needs yeah. in our community and very real needs in other communities. I mean, we just had a Compassion Sunday back in December. That's right. Yeah. Where we sponsored a bunch of kids down in a village in Peru. So you're trying to build both values into your kids um, where they understand the value of working hard to earn capital, but then they also understand that when you earn that capital, it's just not for you to use as a consumer. That's exactly right. You're also supposed to use it as a blessing. Yeah. And part of that is like set money aside for future purchases. You'll be okay if you don't get that right now. Right. And I didn't even mention marketing and advertising. Right. Yeah. That is the air we breathe. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So again, you've just, as a parent, if we're not intentional, Everything that we're talking about will will just naturally drift our kids further away from probably where most of us would like for them to be. Right. So if we don't counter that in an intentional way, we're probably going to wake up one day and go, why do my kids believe the things they believe? Yeah. Because there was yeah. a strong force kind of driving that in their lives. Right. Yeah. Man, that's really good. Uh, I know there's a ton more on this list, but like you said, you can go watch it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk about your first point uh, that you made yesterday, um, that we should expect trouble because of the team that we're on. What, did, what do you mean by that? Well, if you're a Christ follower, this world is not your home. Peter goes so far as to say there were aliens living in a foreign <laughs> land. Um, Larry Osborne wrote a book a few years ago called Thriving in Babylon. Yeah. You talk about yeah. Daniel and his yeah. buddies living That's in good. Babylon. It's probably a pretty good picture of what it looks like for a Christian to live in America today. Yeah. So how do you thrive as the minority? 
you know, you, you are a Christ follower. You have a value system. You believe in absolute truth. You believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. In our society, that's called weird, crazy, bigoted, narrow-minded, yeah, and everything yeah. in between. Right. So um, here's the word Jesus used, trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so all of those things mean, like, you, and, and listen, I really believe that, I mean, people are probably going to push back on this, and that's fine. But it wouldn't surprise me if by the time Sam, Jacob, and Henry are my age, there will be legal. It will be legal to ask people questions in interview process about their faith because you won't want to hire people who bring that type of narrow-mindedness into the workforce. Wow. So I, I really think that's where we're headed wow. as a society. So you know how Colossians two? Do you grow your roots down deep into Jesus Christ? Okay, cool. If that's where we're heading as a society, like they're not sawing us in half like they did in the in the first century. Right. Yeah. So Christians have faced hardship in every century. Right. The, the way they m kept moving forward is that the adults went, all right, let's take inventory. This is where things are at. Let's prepare the next generation. You're going to continue to carry this gospel message moving forward. Right. That's what we have to do. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. It's just, just going to be the way it is until the only way to have a trouble-free life is to be with Jesus forever and eternity. Yeah. So on the other side of our death, you know, trouble-free life. Right. <laughs> While we're here, you know, joy. There'll be some wonderful things, yeah. you know, but there's also going to be some difficult things. And Jesus told us that, but the greater principle is he's already overcome all of it. Right. This is all right. temporary. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is all temporary. So let's not let our emotions get shifted uh, by temporary things. Yeah. Like we, we let our emotions be dictated by what's true and what's permanent, which is Jesus has already overcome all of this. That's right. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, kind of, kind of on that same you know, page, you talked yesterday also about replacing fear with faith. So why is, uh, why is fear such an effective tool that the enemy uses against us? Well, we're emotional beings. Mm. Remember that mm. series we did on back, yeah, on, yeah. back on emotional <laughs> health? Was, yeah, right. Like... I guess I just feel like. So, I mean, our emotions are a part of who we are. Right. And fear can serve great purposes. You know, fear is actually a, a blessing. You know, because fear gives your whole body like a sense of danger, mm -hmm. right. and it might be time to like I mentioned the tornado example. You know, yeah, did y'all yeah. get tornado? I got a tornado warning on my phone on yeah. Friday. I think yeah. like, we dodged it. Okay, so yeah. I'm Pike Road. You know, so you know, like if if you are in legit danger, your body lets you know. Right. So, um, I heard this example years ago, um, Chad, and I think it kind of fits to what we're talking about here. So, um, we love to hike. Um, so imagine like if you're hiking, and this has not happened to me before. I've been hiking and knew there was a rattlesnake nearby because I could hear it, right. but I've never had one like, you know, pop out, like slither across the path and make me like, you know, run around. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you were hiking and a rattlesnake like did that, like just came right in front of you, like, and you're like, you had to jump back and like... Your everything I just described that God gave us, like it's working. Right. <laughs> it's like firing on all cylinders. Right. Okay. So the interesting thing about that is, let's just say ten minutes, fifteen minutes later, you are further down the hiking trail. There's no longer a rattlesnake near, but you probably haven't calmed back down yet. Right. You're right. probably still a little worked the up. Adrenaline's like, going. Yeah. The yeah. adrenaline's yeah. still yeah. going. It may be a full thirty to forty-five minutes before you're back to the moment you were before that right. event occurred, okay? <laughs> right. So what happens in life when you go through traumatic experiences, when you go through an unprecedented experience, when you go through what we've gone through for the last two yeah. years, right. it's like that rattlesnake keeps coming back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So every time you feel like, okay, I'm about to settle back in, new news story, new alert, new positive test, new death, new whatever, and, and it just reawakens all of that fear again. Mm -hmm. And then at some point your norm gets a little bit kind of off kilter in every little thing then is almost like a rattlesnake. Yeah. So if we're not 
consciously doing something to combat that each time, just the natural progression of our own emotions will get us to a place where fear is like our it's kind of like our compass. It's the yeah. baseline. Yeah, that's it. That's a good word. It's the baseline yeah. that's guiding us. And um, that's not that's not how the Lord intended it. The Lord intended the baseline to guide us to be our faith. Hmm. But you better be really intentional about combating that fear because there's a lot of fearful things happening in our life. Right. So it's like, how do I acknowledge that? How do I pay attention to that? How do I take appropriate precautions when there really is something to yeah. be you know, sure. fearful of, but I don't let that guide my emotions, dictate my life, make my decisions. Right. I don't internal, maybe that's the word. I don't internalize mm-hmm. that fear, oh, you it. know? So man, that's, that's a, back in the shutdown, that wasn't a day by day thing. That was an hour by hour thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, there were some zoom meetings I got off of. I just walked around my house with my hands on my head, taking deep breaths. Wow. Yeah. Um, because I'm going, What? You know, there's some real fear. Yeah. You know, we're trying to lead a church and we're trying to like, you know, continue to be on the mission God's called us to. And there's so many unknown variables that it's hard to know which way to go. So fear is a very real part of our life. But I had to make some decisions in that season. And the decisions that I made were, okay, these are real fears. They Fear is not going to guide my decision making. Right. Yeah. And our governance board, we, we met every single week on Zoom. You know, our pastors, we met every single week on yeah. Zoom. You know, I have other pastors. I literally Zoomed with somebody every single day during that shutdown because I needed to fill my mind with other people who were being guided by their faith. Yeah. Right. I needed yeah. to lean on them a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. So if you're walking through a season, maybe it's COVID-related or not COVID-related, you know, you have to intentionally choose, all right, I'm going to be guarded by guided by my faith. But then you need to let some other voices speak into that that are also being guided by faith to provide some encouragement, some extra fuel, because you're probably going to run on empty pretty quickly because sure. it, it can be a very real battle when you're trying mm-hmm. to combat that fear. Yeah. So, you know, if we're not letting fear be our baseline, how do we how do we practically replace that fear with faith? Like leaning on others, how do we do that? So the number one um, command in the Bible, I'm pretty sure, is the word remember. Mm-hmm. We would think it's God saying, don't. Right. <laughs> Stop it. You know, quit sinning. Stop. No, Stop it's it, you. God saying, remember. Right. Remember. Yeah. Remember. So the way that we, first of all, combat our fear is we remember our faith is not based on our faithfulness. Mm. Our faith is based on God's faithfulness. Mm. God mm. is faithful to me when I am faithless to him. I, and, and the only way I can move forward in faith is to permanently like secure that belief mm-hmm. that I can walk in faith because God's faithful to me. Yeah. God's been faithful in the past, and he will continue to be faithful to me, regardless of whether or not I trust him, obey him, or show him any faith at all. That's how gracious he is to us. Yeah. And read his word. I mean, the account of God's word is he's the hero of the story, and he keeps being faithful in the midst of all of his faith, faithless people. Yeah. You know? So I think you always have to start with what God has done, mm-hmm. and you're reminded of that. And then look at your own life. You know, How has God been faithful in your life? And I remember um, during the shutdown on one of the Zoom meetings, one of the members of our governance board, he said, hey, man, this is, this is what God does around here. He sustains us. We've seen him do it in the wow. past, and he'll do, yeah. it in the, he'll do it in this season, and he'll do it in the future. And I had someone who had only been here six months. That was really good for me to hear. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And I said, absolutely. God has sustained our church in the past. He'll sustain us now. And our best days are ahead of us because that's the God we serve. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's true, not just for a church. That's true in all of our lives. But mm-hmm. we do have to be reminded. And the best place to go for that is God's word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, go read the story of Ruth. 
And, you know, look at God's faithfulness yeah. to Ruth, you know, yeah. and go read the you know, countless stories in God's word. And, and th- these remind us and they encourage us and they inspire us. You know, kind of related to fear, I want to talk a little bit about anxiety. Uh, and, you know, I remember during the lockdown, like the three of us having lots of conversations, you know, planning these online services, getting things ready. And every Sunday, you know, at 9.30 and 11, I think 8 o'clock as well, we also had three services. I remember feeling so much anxiety, you know, going, man, what if Facebook <laughs> fails? What if YouTube, what if this doesn't happen? And, There's uh, a lot of what ifs. Yeah, in it, was out of, it was out of control, yeah. you know, out of my control what I could do. And I just remember praying like, God, you got to do this. So I guess my question is, you know, because we all felt that anxiety during the lockdown. We all felt the fear, but the anxiety. I've read so many reports that talk about how, the uh, anxiety levels in kids have gone through the roof. The anxiety level in adults have gone through the roof. So, you know, we're talking about parenting. Uh, how do we help our kids with their anxiety when we're dealing with it ourselves? I think some of my greatest battles with anxiety are um, when I think about my own kids. Hmm. Um, I just feel this immense responsibility to be a good dad Um, I think some of the anxiety that I carry around the most sometimes is when I think about, am am I being a good husband? Hmm. You know, I, I I think that when my boys ask me something that I don't know, that creates a lot of anxiety in me. Hmm. Um, when I don't feel like I can give them the guidance that they're, they're looking to me for as their dad and I got nothing, I feel like a failure that creates a lot of anxiety so I've had to try to unpack that, like what's going on there? And I think sometimes, and I, we have to know like what triggers anxiety anxiety in each of us. For me, it's when I think I'm supposed to know what to do and I don't. Hmm. That creates a lot of anxiety in me. For some people, it's maybe someone's expectations. Maybe uh, it was a coach or a parent or a teacher or a professor or someone else in their life who that little voice is still in their head. And they almost feel like that person is still evaluating them. Right. And if they're not measuring up to that person's expectations, it creates anxiety in them, you know? So, you know, for me, figuring out, like, that's when I feel the most amount of anxiety has been helpful because what it's led me to is getting back to, all right, well, how am I going to counter that anxiety? Um, it ain't going to be through, like, watching another show or escaping it. Right. And, and this has been a season where the Lord has really, really kind of grounded my heart in the belief. And, I, and I've said this for years and I believed it, but experiencing it is a little different where my boys, they really don't belong to me. Wow. They just don't. Hmm. Um, and so God has called me to serve them in this season. He has bigger plans for their life than I do. Hmm. He loves them more than I do. Um, he created them in Morgan's womb. And if they're asking me something, I don't know if they have an expectation of me that I don't feel like I can meet, um, on some level, that may not be my role. Mm. So what the Lord's really been working on me in this season is like, you do remember that your role as the earthly father is to point them to me as their heavenly father. And that's been very freeing. Mm. So as I've taken that to the Lord, I feel like what the Lord has done is almost even helped me see him in, in a greater light and deepened our relationship in a way where recently there have been some conversations with them where I've, I've, I've shifted more towards that. Like, well, you know, honestly, buddy, that's something that's probably between you and your real father. Let's talk about who that is because mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's my father as well. And it's taken off the pressure to feel like, you know, I've got to be this 
perfect dad who always knows what to tell my kids to do. Right. Now, someone listening, that may not be their source of anxiety at all. But here's why that matters. Um, when you're feeling that anxiety in real time, if that's what the other person senses or feels, it's just going to leak over into their lives as well. Hmm. And I realized that I was probably doing that some with my boys and contributing more to their anxiety than helping. Right. You know? And so if they come to me with something, I need to be the non-anxious presence. Sure. I need to be the safe place. I need to be the, but if I'm so worked up, if I'm so worked up in my own head about what I'm supposed to be, right. like they're not going to sense that or feel mm-hmm. that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, parenting is one of those things that we always feel, not always, but most of the time we feel ill-equipped for, and that can create a lot of anxiety. Sure. And so in this season, you know, perhaps, you know, if you're a parent and you're listening, like give yourself a little permission to say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know you know, we're going to look into that together. You know, that's a yeah. really great question that I, I'm glad you're asking. Um, our church is doing a series on this. Right. Or we have some friends that I know are also, you know, looking into this as well. Or, you know, um, yeah, I'm glad you're seeing it that way. Um, instead of always feeling like we have to know what to do. Right. You know, and so I think for everybody, there's going to be a little different avenue that that's playing itself out in. But if you can really start to like, diagnose. What's going on here? Self-diagnosis is one way. Um, A good friend is another way. Perhaps a counselor, a good Christian counselor might be really helpful to help Mm -hmm. begin to identify what are those triggers that are really causing that anxiety. Yeah. You know, I remember you said God's plan for the pain is his people. And so lots Mm -hmm. of times, you know, this isn't a battle you have to fight alone. You know, uh, like you said, one of the things we're trying to do with this series is equip folks and help folks, you know, in dealing, you know, with that that kind of stuff. So. Well, uh, yesterday, your point four, um, I think it was, you said that we need to unload the baggage in our lives and empty the trunk, or I like to say, get the junk out of your trunk. <laughs> uh, what did you mean by that? From now on, I'm going to let Matt create my outline. <laughs> there you go. Be good. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the it was just a kind of a, a fun way of saying, have yeah. you picked up any bad habits? Yeah. You know, um, I, I probably back, I don't know, 90 days ago, I did, you know, I'd been putting it off. And finally, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you just got to do it. You got to face the music like I got on the scale. <laughs> and I looked at it, and yeah, I went. hurt your feelings, yeah, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that number's bigger than it was. And um, as I reflected I over the too, previous kind of 18 months, I'm like, well, you've kind of been. Here's my, I, I, eat, I eat too large a portion sizes, yes. Matthew. That's, yeah. that's hey, the I problem, okay? So not exercising as much yeah. and eating too, I don't eat a lot of unhealthy things. I just eat too much right. when I eat. Right. And 18 months later, the scale is giving me that feedback. <laughs> it's right, like, you know? hey man. So that would be all right. Let, let's let's unload that. Yeah. You know, let's 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 put a stake in the ground mm-hmm. and say no more. And let's you know. And I talked to Morgan about it, and and you know, I said I need your help. You know, yeah. and so she's been awesome, and she doesn't judge or condemn. She just helps and mm-hmm. tried to eat less food and exercise a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, I think in all of our lives, I mean, if you go through a two-year unprecedented event, you you may have developed some really good habits, mm-hmm. but if you've developed some bad habits, unless you intentionally stop and start something new, that will just perpetuate itself. Yeah. And that would be a real shame if years from now, that was the legacy that COVID had in your life, right. yeah. a negative habit that stayed with you. Yeah. So I just think it's good every now and then to stop and do that. And, and uh, um, right. unfortunately, yeah. you know, I had to do that a few months ago and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not saying I've figured it all out, but I'm, I'm in, I'm moving in a better direction than I was. Yeah. And that's really about all we can do because direction 
not direction, not desire is what determines our mm-hmm. destination. Yeah. So you can want that all day long, but until you put yourself on that path, you're not going to end up where you right. want to be. Right. Yeah. That's good. You know, I loved, uh, I loved how you ended your message yesterday talking about dreaming again. You know, I think the COVID season for so many of us put us kind of backed us into a corner and put yeah. us on the defensive. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited that, you know, the idea of being back on the offense, we want to dream again. So what what can folks do to really start dreaming again and living their life to the fullest like God's Word tells us to? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Lord actually has bigger dreams for us than we probably have for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to become somebody famous or start a YouTube channel or sure. write a book or start <laughs> or a, a podcast, podcast yeah. for heaven's sake, you know? <laughs> so no, none of that. It, it, the greatest impact that all mm-hmm. of us will have will be with the people who are closest to us. Right. right. Um, I mean, if you get to the end of your life and at your funeral, the people who are closest to you aren't the ones that are speaking about you. That's probably not good, you know? Yeah. So you want to have the greatest impact with those who are closest to you. So what are the dreams you then have? Um, you know, five years from now will arrive. I promise you it will. It will arrive, and if God still has you here on this earth, you will arrive there five years from now as well. Mm-hmm. The question is, will you arrive there with a well-designed route, or will you just ar- arrive there by default? Sure, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, we have... Uh, um, Harley, who helps us run the sound yeah. stuff, the DeMarco family in our church, fantastic family. Luke, yeah. um, fantastic, you know, was a pastor, you know, here. Yep. Um, and then Max is their younger brother, yeah. who's a high school student, yeah. okay? So every now and then I'll see Luke and Harley and Max together here. And, you know, Luke and Harley are in their 20s and Max is a teenager. And I figured this out a few months ago. They're the same age difference as my boys. Okay. So when I see Luke and Harley and Max, I see Sam, Jacob, and Henry just further down the road. Oh, yeah. And I literally said to Harley yesterday, like, your dad must be having a lot of fun in this season of life, you know? <laughs> and I'm having fun in this season of sure. life. But when I think about Sam, Jacob, and Henry in that season of life, I mean, th- that's going to be cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that's going to be, I mean, Luke's married now, Lindsay who plays in our worship yeah. team. And um, I think about like Sam having a wife one day and like, you know, heaven forbid, like one of them better have a little girl since we didn't right. get girls, you know, <laughs> right. maybe got, maybe I get a granddaughter out of this whole thing, you know? <laughs> and so like, it's good every now and then to just go, all right, like, let's just, let, let's just go there. Let me let right. my mind go there yeah. and, and let it go there with nothing but really good things. Yeah. yeah. And then kind of like get comfortable with that thought and then back off of it and go, all right, how do we get there? Yeah. yeah. What's the step I have to take now to get us there then? And, you know, let's, if it's five years down the road, if it's 10 years down the road, I mean, here's how I know I'm getting old. 15 years ago doesn't seem like that long ago at all. 15 mm-hmm. years ago feels like yesterday to me, okay? So I know that the next, much less five years, the next 15 years are going to roll off the calendar. Yeah. So, you know, 2032 will be here before you know it because 2012 wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. So in 2032, yeah. when you're looking back on this year, what are you going to be wishing you could tell yourself right now? Yeah. If you could go back to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself then? With your finances, <laughs> with your health, with your marriage, right. with your kids, yeah. with your career. Well, think about what your 2032 version of you would tell you right now. Where would you invest your money? Right. Where would yeah. you invest your time? Would you go to the gym or would you go eat another bag of popcorn? Like, you know, if you start to really think that way, right. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I think I need to plan the weekend getaway with my spouse to have that yeah. romantic getaway right. to make sure we're still connecting with each other. So that's dreaming again. It's yeah. not just, oh man, I wish my life was better. It, it, it's kind of giving some specificity, if I can say that word, to it. And then taking some action steps right now that are going to move me closer to that. Mm-hmm. 
And um, we are in a season where I think you can probably start to plan some of those things again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's been challenging the last two years to really plan beyond the next 90 days right. in a number of areas. And I think that now you probably could do that. And so do it. Yeah. You know, sit around the table with your spouse, you know, talk to your kids. You know, Morgan had a great idea a few months ago. Um, I, I, when our boys turn 10, I take them for a little getaway, just me and them. And we have a lot of good conversations. And uh, a few months ago, she's like, I'm going to start doing a little overnight thing with them when they turn 13. Hmm. And um, I was like, well, that's fantastic. And then it hit me the other day. Wait, Sam turns start 13 in August. Right. So I asked her, like, hey, have you, have you thought about And she goes, I already know what we're going to do. So, like, she's, she's thinking about <laughs> yeah, that. She's yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, start doing that again. You know, Morgan and I have our 20th anniversary next year. I don't know what we're going to do, but, like, we're literally, like, talking about it. Right. You know? So th- that's all I mean. Like, the... In life, we are either pulled um, from the past or we are pulled into the future. So let your heart and your emotions be pulled into the future because that's where God is taking us, you know? Right. So yeah, just start dreaming a little bit. And if you need some inspiration, you know, find a book or a movie or a person that can help give that to you, you know? But I do believe God wants us to do that. Well, that's great. Well, I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap up today. And uh, man, I love this conversation. I love yeah. the series. Uh, obviously, we'll be continuing this Sunday, 9.30 and 11 on campus, and then online uh, mm-hmm. beginning at 7 a.m. and running every hour on the hour until 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you're inviting your friends and your family to come check this out. Looking forward to this Sunday uh, as we continue It's Not Just a Phase, talking about the post-pandemic world and, and how we are to live in it. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, and myself, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>